Hello and welcome to Bill's Facebook study. It is Tuesday afternoon and I'm looking forward to this lesson with you now. Welcome to all who are joining us. We are going through the F. Lagarde Smith the Daily Bible in chronological order and we are right around uh, 1000 BC these days that's about the time of King David and that's where we are and will be for a while we uh, I, I like to use general dates especially when it comes to Old Testament because they're so hard to figure exactly and uh, I and so Abraham, Father Abraham in Genesis around 2000 BC. Moses, the great lawgiver around 1500 BC in the book of Exodus and the rest of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And, um, and then we uh, get to King David and that's right around 1000 BC. So that, I don't know if that's exactly right. In fact, I know it's probably not exactly right, but I think it's close enough. Abraham in 2000, Moses in 1500, and David in 1000 BC and that's where we are we left David having this great victory over Goliath uh, last week and now it's King Saul saying who in the world is this guy uh, David is able to uh, play his uh, music his lyre his harp for uh, the king at times to calm him when he gets anxious and upset uh, but at this time, the king and his commander are really not familiar with who this kid is that came in and, and actually led the Israelites to not only kill Goliath, but destroy, have a great victory that day uh, over his army as well. And so now here we are, and as we transition from David to the end of Saul's life and reign into King David, there are a lot of really interesting stories. And I think this part of Scripture, as you read through First uh, and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, it's just it's just great narrative. It's just one story after another, and so that's that's pretty exciting. And of course, as we think about David, we know that he wrote a lot of the Psalms. Not all of them, but the majority of them. And so as we go through, we'll talk about that in just a moment more, but as we go through, there are some of the Psalms that we know are very likely written at specific times. So um, F. Lagarde Smith in his uh, Daily Bible actually shares those Psalms in that setting. And I think that's a pretty good way to do it. And we'll look at a few of those during this study today. King Saul is still alive. He, he, will, be, um, he will be killed soon in battle. But right now he's still alive and he's very insecure about David. Remember, David has this great victory over Goliath. He becomes a great military leader in the time of King Saul. And so they have this uh, song where uh, they sing, Saul has killed his thousands, David his tens of thousands. Well, that obviously these leaders, especially King Saul, very insecure. And so King Saul tries to kill David on several occasions and each time David is is found uh, delivered but also innocent. David has the opportunity to kill King Saul at times but to David's credit he says I would never raise a hand uh, or certainly not a sword 
against the Lord's anointed. And that's what the king was called. He was the Lord's anointed. Uh, Samuel had anointed Saul, king of Israel. And as long as he was alive, David was not going to raise his hand against him. And so uh, King Saul tries to uh, get David into his service. Uh, David uh, it falls in love with uh, a woman, a, a daughter of King Saul. Her name is Michael. And uh, King Saul agrees to give her to David as his wife. And, uh, and yet he refuses at the last minute. And that causes quite a, quite a stink in the relationship between Saul and and David, obviously, after Saul's death, uh, we'll see David take Michael again to be uh, one of his wives. And we're going to read another about another one uh, today. And of course, next in the days ahead, we'll be reading about um, uh, another wife, uh, Bathsheba. But that's not, we're not there quite yet. I will say this, you know, we saw this with. Um, of course, Abraham and Sarah and Hagar. Uh, we certainly saw it with uh, Jacob having uh, Leah and Rachel as his wives, also uh, their servants as he had children through them. And the Bible doesn't strictly condemn that uh, in those contexts. But we know from the rest of Scripture that they acted wrongly in doing that. From the time of Genesis, marriage was instituted by God and was to be between one man, one male, and one woman, one female, for life. But because of um, the sin of humanity, we see that uh, thrown aside at times. Certainly David is guilty of that as well. And so as we think about David during this time, uh, not only is he on the run from King Saul, he has developed a very great friendship with one of King Saul's sons, Jonathan. David and Jonathan are the best of friends. In fact, Jonathan saves David's life on several occasions. And, and Jonathan is uh, criticized by his father, the king. Uh, telling him, look, you're, you're destroying your chance at being king yourself. But Jonathan in his heart knows that God has called David to replace his father one day as king. And, and he also knows of David's heart and how innocent he is, especially when you compare him with Jonathan's own father, King Saul. So lots of interesting stories um, there between uh, David and others that we see, especially King Saul and his son, Jonathan. And David uh, develops, uh, while he's on the run, <laughs> he has men that join him and uh, are loyal to him. And we see several stories of that. There's one story in 1 Samuel 21 uh, when David flee is fleeing uh, to the Philistines and he pretends to be insane, which is kind of crazy. There's a psalm that's written about that. Um, and then uh, we see David interacting with uh, a priest, uh, the priest ah Ahimelech and other priests. And David and his, his men go to him for help and sustenance. And they don't have any regular bread. They just have the consecrated bread. And so David and his men are able to eat that and gain strength. Later on, Jesus would quote, uh, would, uh, quote that story in Matthew chapter 12, when he and his disciples were criticized uh, for uh, 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 gathering grain on the Sabbath, 
he talks about this story uh, from 1 Samuel 21. Later, um, King Saul is wondering what, how in the world everything is uh, going against him when David is concerned. And there's an Edomite among him, among his people, by the name of Doeg. And he actually happened to be there when David and his men were there with Ahimelech. And he tells King Saul that. And so King Saul, in his furious rage, has them brought to him and commands that they be killed. None of the Jews that were uh, men under King Saul would raise their spear against the priest and, and the other priests, the descendants of Aaron. Um, but this Edomite did. And so he killed Ahimelech and the other priests. The only one that survived was Ahimelech's son, Abiathar. And they were the rest were killed for helping David, which is kind of an interesting thing because sometimes we feel like God will always protect us in a physical and emotional way if we'll just be faithful to him. And whereas we trust in God's great care and deliverance, we also know that that's not necessarily true wasn't true in, in Paul's day. It wasn't even true with Jesus when he prayed for this cup to pass from him because it wasn't the Father's will. And in this case, we see these very righteous, faithful men who helped David uh, being killed by at the order of King Saul. One of them, however, is able to escape, and that is Abiathar. And they ta he takes the news to King David and, uh, and King David uh, actually is um, very much concerned about about that and and prays that God would bring about justice. And so David is building up his followers. He's running from King Saul and he's uh, trying to do what's right uh, according to the will of God. Many times he uh, seeks the counsel of a priest, of someone who can uh, seek the Lord and asks the Lord if he should do this battle or that battle. And, um, and again, as he's going along, uh, he uh, writes some of these psalms. Um, and, and so I want to look at a couple of those, uh, not read them all, but just a few verses from a few. First of all, in Psalm 52, we'll talk more about the Psalms and their structure later when um, they show up in mass in uh, Lagarde Smith's uh, Daily Bible. But for now, uh, based on the titles of the Psalms, if you're looking at Psalm 52, then you'll see the title just under where it says Psalm 52 and before the text comes. Now, these titles are not inspired. They could very well be wrong, but very likely... Uh, they are uh, put there by Jewish historians uh, commenting on the setting of that particular psalm. Most of the psalms don't have a title at all, but some do. And whereas, again, we don't accept them as inspired scripture, there's a very likely uh, chance that they are accurate. For example, in Psalm 51, it's a psalm that is uh, titled as uh, David's response after Nathan had confronted him about his sin with Bathsheba. Well, when you look at the content of the psalm, that's the best way to make a judgment about what this psalm setting is. And in Psalm 51, it is clearly consistent as David pours out his heart in repentance that that's, that title is exactly right. 
And I think some of these others we can see as well. When you read a psalm, the best way, again, to decide what the setting is, as best you can anyway, is by the content of the psalm. Read it, and that will help you understand it. And then and look at that title, if there is one, and that will help you see um, the setting as well. For example, uh, in Psalm 52, this is a psalm according to the title that David wrote after Doeg the Edomite betrayed the priests uh, to King Saul and he killed them, um, the house of Ahimelech, except for his son Abiathar. And so listen and see if this sounds consistent with that, Psalm 52. Why do you boast of evil, you mighty hero? Why do you boast all day long, you who are a disgrace in the eyes of God? You who practice deceit, your tongue plots destruction. It is like a sharpened razor. You love evil rather than good, falsehood rather than speaking the truth. You love every harmful word, you deceitful tongue. Surely God will bring you down to everlasting rule. He will snatch you up and pluck you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous will see and fear. They will laugh at you saying, Here now is the man who did not make God his stronghold, but trusted in his great wealth and grew strong by destroying others. Clearly very consistent with what David might have written when he heard that Doeg had betrayed him to King Saul and had killed almost all of the house of the priest. Ahimelech. Um, another example is in Psalm 54. Psalm 54, in the title it says, When uh, the Ziphites had gone to Saul and said, Is not David hiding among us? In other words, they ratted him out. He was hiding there from King Saul, but they ratted him out. And so here's what David says in Psalm 54. Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God. Listen to the words of my mouth. Arrogant foes are attacking me. Ruthless people are trying to kill me. People without regard for God. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Sounds very much like what David might have written at that exact time. Another psalm, Psalm 34, is uh, written according to the title when uh, uh, David was pretending to be insane in the presence of the Philistines so that they uh, would not uh, take his life. Um, and, and then this psalm, Psalm 57, it's the last one we'll look at before we tell another couple stories. Uh, in Psalm 57, the title says that it was when David had fled from Saul and was hiding in a cave, and God delivered him. And, um, and so Psalm 57 says, Have mercy on me, my God, have mercy on me. For in you I take refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God most high, to God who vindicates me. He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hotly pursue me. God sends forth his love and his faithfulness. And then the psalm continues and David describes his trust in the Lord and how God has delivered him. Very consistent, I think, with what that title suggests. 
And so, we'll, again, we'll say more about the Psalms and the different types of Psalms and where the titles fit in and all of that a little bit later on in these studies. For now, though, I want us to end with a couple of uh, very interesting stories. One is the story of, um, of King Saul. <laughs> um, he is very insecure, and Samuel, the last of the judges and the one who had anointed Saul and anointed David before his death has now died and King Saul is really having trouble knowing what the right thing is to do and so he has already outlawed anyone and, and Moses had in the law anyone who was a medium who was trying to use uh, some kind of magical arts to find uh, the will of God or something else out well Saul finds out that there is still a, a witch in Endor who is a medium and so he disguises himself and he goes to her in first Samuel first uh, Samuel 28 and in that chapter he goes and he asks her to call up someone for him and she says hey wait a minute what are you trying to do to me here can the King Saul has said that anyone who does this will die and and king saul in disguise says no 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 nothing's going to happen to you and so she does and she asks him who do you want me to call up for you and he says samuel well she goes through whatever process she does but in this case it seems according to the narrative in first samuel 28 god actually allows samuel to be brought up from the dead and uh she is almost shocked to death that this actually worked and when she realizes it's Samuel she also knows that that it is King Saul that has done this and um, and so then Saul and Samuel have this conversation and Samuel says why did you do this why did you call me up from the grave and King Saul says well I wasn't getting anywhere trying to find out what God God's will is and and Samuel tells him, it's because God has rejected you because of your disobedience. And so you have no right to do this. And I can tell you this, by this time tomorrow, you will be joining me in the grave in the land of the dead. A very weird, interesting story in 1 Samuel 28. And, and sure enough, the next day, as we'll talk about on Thursday, uh, Saul and his sons, including Jonathan, are killed in battle. Um, and But that's the, let's talk about that on Thursday. Right now, I want us to see one more story from uh, this week's reading. And it's a, it's a beautiful story. It's a story of a very strong, very faithful woman by the name of Abigail. And it's found in 1 Samuel 25. And I would like to read uh, some of this narrative because it is such a beautiful story of this very incredible woman uh, who ultimately becomes the wife of King David after saving uh, all of her household. Uh, these words in 1 Samuel 25, um, we'll start in verse 2. A certain man in Maon who had property there at Carmel was very wealthy. He had a thousand goats and three thousand sheep which he was shearing in Carmel. His name was Nabal, and his wife's name was Abigail. She was an intelligent and beautiful woman, but her husband was surly and mean in his dealings. He was a Calebite, descended from Caleb. He was a mean man. He was a proud man. He was an arrogant man. And it's contrasted with Abigail, who is described not just as a beautiful woman, but as a very intelligent woman. 
and the narrative tells us that that is exactly true. Verse 4 of 1 Samuel 25, While David was in the wilderness, he heard that Nabal was shearing sheep. So he sent ten young men and said to them, Go up to Nabal at Carmel and greet him in my name. Say to him, Long life to you, good health to you and your household, and good health to all that is yours. Now I hear that it is sheep shearing time. When your shepherds were with us, David sends word to him, we did not mistreat them, and the whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of theirs was missing. Ask your own servants, and they will tell you. Therefore be favorable toward my men. Since we come at a festive time, please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them. Nabal answered, verse 10, uh, Who is this David? Who is this son of Jesse? Many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. Why should I take my bread and water and the meat I have slaughtered for my shears and give it to men coming from who knows where? Well, as you can figure, David hears this response and he is furious. And so David gathers up his men for battle. Put on your sword, he tells them, and he's going to go and he's going to destroy Nabal and all of his family and all of his servants and property. Verse 14, one of the servants told Abigail, Nabal's wife, about all of this and how David had, had faithfully looked after them and now in return, Nabal, Abigail's husband, had insulted him. Um, night and day, verse 16, they were a wall around us the whole time we were herding our sheep near them. Now think it over and see what you can do because disaster is hanging over our master, Nabal, and his whole household. He is such a wicked man that no one can talk to him. Now, verse Samuel, verse uh, 25, verse 18 and following. Abigail acted quickly. She took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five seas of roasted grain, a hundred cakes of raisins, and two hundred cakes of pressed figs, and loaded them on donkeys. Then she told her servants, Go on ahead, I'll follow you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. As she came riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, there were David and his men descending toward her, and she met them. David had just said, It's been useless. All my watching over this fellow's property in the wilderness so that nothing of his was missing. He has paid me back evil for good. May God deal with David, be it ever so severely, if by morning I leave alive one male of all who belong to him. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, Pardon your servant, my lord, and let me speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. This is a very brave, brave and honest woman. Verse 25. Please pay no attention, my lord, to that wicked man Nabal, her husband. He is just like his name. His name means fool and folly goes with him. And as for me, your servant, I did not see the men my lord sent. And now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord your God lives and as you live, since the Lord has kept you from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands, may your enemies and all who are intent on harming my Lord be like Nabal. And let this gift which your servant has brought to my Lord be given to the men who follow you. Please forgive your servant's presumption. The Lord your God will certainly make a lasting destiny for my Lord because you fight the Lord's battles. This is Abigail talking to David. 
and no wrongdoing will be found in you as long as you live. Even though someone is pursuing you to take your life, the life of my Lord will be bound securely in the bundle of the living by the Lord your God, but the lives of your enemies he will hurl away as from the pocket of a sling. When the Lord has fulfilled for my Lord every good thing he promised concerning him and has appointed him ruler over Israel, my Lord will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed or of having avenged himself. And when the Lord your God has brought my Lord success, remember your servant. What an incredible speech. What great, great courage and faith this woman Abigail had as she on her own goes to David without his asking, without her husband's awareness and pleads with him for her household. Uh, she does not justify what Nabal did. In fact, she concurs that he is an evil, uh, sinful, proud man. But she also affirms that God is with David and she doesn't want to see David uh, in, uh, ceaselessly look after these men in a, in a bad, bad way and kill them needlessly. But she gives him the chance uh, to show mercy where mercy is due. How will David respond? 1 Samuel 25, verse 32. David said to Abigail, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. Otherwise, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, who has kept me from harming you, if you had not come quickly to meet me, not one male belonging to Nabal would have been left alive by daybreak. Then David accepted from her hand what she had brought him and said, Go home in peace. I have heard your words and granted your request. Even though he had made that vow, David knew now that it wasn't the right thing to do. And Abigail had brought that message to him. And so David turns around and he refuses to needlessly uh, kill all of Nabal's household. Verse 36. When Abigail went to Nabal, he was in the house holding a banquet like that of a king. He was in high spirits and very drunk. So she told him nothing at all until daybreak. Again, a very smart, wise woman. Then in the morning when Nabal was sober, his wife told him all these things and his heart failed him and he became like a stone. He knew, he knew what was about to happen. About 10 days later, the Lord struck Nabal and he died. Verse 39, when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Praise be to the Lord who has upheld my cause against Nabal for treating me with contempt. He has kept his servant from doing wrong and has brought Nabal's wrongdoing down on his own head. Great relief on David. And he also knows who made it possible. Then David sent word to Abigail asking her, to become his wife. His servants went to Carmel and said to Abigail, David has sent us to you to take you to become his wife. She bowed down with her face to the ground and said, I am your servant and am ready to serve you and wash the feet of my Lord's servant. Very intelligent, very wise, very brave, very courageous, very humble woman, this Abigail. Verse 42, Abigail quickly got on a donkey and attended by her five female servants, went with David's messengers and became his 
life. What an incredible story of great faith. Let us be like Abigail and not like her husband Nabal. Let us be like King David and not be like King Saul. Um, let us sing those songs of praise just as we will see David doing in the lessons ahead. I look forward to seeing you on Thursday at 3 p.m. God bless.